Welcome to Fix It and Flip It. The current real estate market is ripe for rehabbing. If you want to learn how to buy the right property at the right price and learn how to project and control costs, then you've come to the right place. Our host, Tony Raffin, is from the number one rematch team in southeastern Michigan. And Kevin McClellan is Mr. Flipper Extraordinaire. Now, let's welcome Tony and Kevin. This is Fix It and Flip It. Wow. What an intro. How long did it take you to come up with that, Don? (laughs) This is our inaugural episode, Kev. Yes, it is. Just me and you. We're entrepreneurs. You're going to get a ton of airtime, just two of us here. Well, you know, I've never been at a lack for words. No, no. Just, you know, let me get a couple words in. That's all I ask. Listen, to all our friends out there who are following us, because you're probably the only ones who are going to pay attention to this right away, uh, thanks for tuning in. We've got a good show for you. And uh, Kevin, why don't we uh, go into our intros for people that don't know who we are? Yeah, with this is the first show. Um, I think that you know uh, the point of this show is obviously a little bit everything when it comes to real estate, right? Obviously, it's going to be heavily focused on the real estate investment game, but we're also going to touch on you know mortgage rates, um, just the the buying and selling, the retail side of it that you're one of the best at. Um, we'll touch on the you know the flipping, uh, buying and holding, renovating and selling, um, which can- you're. <laughs> an expert at that's my forte yeah, sure that's your forte and and i don't mind uh i, I actually look forward I get, I get so many calls uh a day a week of people asking me to get them into flipping to wholesale them house and and uh you know show them how to flip a house so i think it's a great you know i'm one of these people i don't believe that you can uh create your own competition right i think if you just do it the best then uh you know the best always rises to the top so i look forward to being able to uh pass along uh you know, good contacts, um, the knowledge, experience, uh, do's and don'ts. Um, if I can avoid people from uh, running into some of the pit- pitfalls that I did, then this show will be wildly successful. Competition breeds success, you know? Yeah. It really does. And uh, you'll know what you do. People don't really understand the level at where you got and how you got there. They just see you're there. So I think we were talking on a, on another show that we were on. They don't see the, the, the pitfalls and everything that you've gone through to get to where you're at. So uh, why don't we give us, uh, can you give me a quick cliff notes on where you came from? Yeah. Um, you know, like I, said, like I said on the other show, back seven years ago, I got into the real estate game. Um, was going to get laid off from my day job and uh, had a little money saved up from some other businesses that I exited. And uh, at the time, it was the bottom of the market. We didn't know it, right? We didn't know how. Sure, it we didn't know. We yeah. didn't know if it was at the bottom. Going to keep going down. Um, but about 2010 is when I bought uh, my first couple of rental properties. Um, leveraged those. Went and flipped a couple houses. Bought some more properties. Met guys like you that helped me find even better deals um, and create those relationships. And um, ever since then, it's just been a, a thing of uh, a game of buying a couple of rentals, going to flip a couple of properties, and just continuing to dump that capital, turn it as fast as possible, just keep it rolling. And now it's multiplying and not pulling out and not sucking that cash out and spending it on on other things, on you know clothes. All right. Well, yeah, we got nice. <laughs> got buy a nice car every now and then. Yeah, but. Um, you're just continuing to roll that that money as fast as possible um, into the real estate. So it's just uh, I've got my. You, you I've got, did, can I yeah. can I interrupt you on that one? Yeah. What you just said about moving as fast as possible, um, and I know once again you guys are going to have to bear with me because I am definitely ADHD. Because uh, <laughs> I, you know, look at the cat; it's, it's just the way it is. Squirrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, what ends up happening is. Uh, Instead of buying a property and taking forever to flip it, like a year or whatever, 
if you can take that same amount of money, and I'll give it to you this way, uh, what, we'll get into the, our percentages and how yeah. we figure that out. But by turning stuff over quicker, you can move through quicker, and you can actually get a higher rate of return than you would uh, sitting there. I think the, in the grocery stores they call it shelf space. So how much? How many times can you turn that shelf space over in turnover. a year? Turnover, sure. Yeah, turnover. So yeah, really and like so, big. I have a number. Like I like to turn a dollar two and a half times per year. Right. So I don't like to buy and, and renovate and, and take more than five months, essentially, give or take, to turn that property. I like to try to turn at least two, two and a half times a year. And then I take that money, and if I have more uh, renovations coming through, I'll buy those. If I have some rental properties that I've identified, and want to add that to my portfolio. So to circle back, um, you know, I've created a rental portfolio of you know 23 homes. I flip about 20 properties a year, and we're talking full renovations, as you know. I mean, down to the studs, yep. whether it's putting 20000 or I think I put 150000 into a property before. Um, so really, that's that's kind of my forte. Um, you know, there's other things that you can get into, land contracts, things like that. I'm not really big on those. I strictly just like having either my rental properties or uh, my renovation, uh, you know, um, fix, and, uh, fix and flip. You're pretty strict on your... On your uh um, on your path, you know, you 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 know what you need, you know what you do, and you don't deviate from it. This is what I do. This is what I'm good at. I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not going to buy it, hold it, carry the paper, and do a, you know land contract. Yeah, like that you're Let- very disciplined in what you do, and I've noticed that. You know, we've known each other what now seven, eight years. Yeah, um, you've been very, very disciplined uh, to the point where you sacrifice you don't even own your own house no i mean literally you do not own the house that you live in you rent a condo yeah well there's reasons for that i mean back you know it's it's a debt to income it's lending ability it's things like that where i didn't have a ton of cash to start with i didn't have a million dollars in the bank right so i had to leverage every single dollar every single asset to try to grow my rental portfolio and the amount of cash available to be able to flip as many and po- as many properties as possible in the given time frame and i'm glad i did because now look at where the market is which which i'll let you touch on in a minute, but from where we are now, as opposed to 2010, where the values are for the same house, wow, you know, it's huge. It's, it's huge. It's changed. But yeah. so I'll wrap up about myself. I think I've got a ton of knowledge to pass on in terms of the renovation game, the rental game, how to deal with uh, tenants, how to deal with uh, cities on rental inspections, uh, the whole flipping side, dealing with cities and permits, dealing with contractors, coming up with capital, making connections with realtors. So all that I think I have to be able to pass on to our viewers and uh, look forward to answering questions and helping people that want to get into this game. Um, so let me let, let me flip the script and tell us about yourself. I mean... What what is your forte? What do you do? I know a ton of people know you're known all over the Tri County area, but for the for those that don't, what what do you hope to pass on? Uh, you know, over the course of this show to people, don't get into real estate. No, <laughs> <laughs> go see your therapist yeah, if you yeah, want to get into therapist real estate right? before you get into real estate. Uh, you know what? I started uh, 1990 is when I got into it. Uh, 1994, I started working in a place. I haven't moved around a lot. I've been at a uh, Red Carpet Kime was my original place that I worked at. And then in 2000, I came over to Remax. I've never looked back. Uh, in 2007, I bought the brokerage and uh, became a broker owner. And then I said, you know, this is crazy babysitting a lot of people because it really is. You get a lot of turnover. Everybody thinks that you can be a real estate agent. Anybody can be a real estate agent, spend $200 and 40 hours in school. And boy, you're a superstar and you go make a half a million dollars a year. Well, that's not the case. That's not the way it is. Uh, it's a lot of work. These um, part-time agents make it difficult on your job. For, for you professionals that do it right and do it full-time. 
part-time agents. That's a good question. I know. We I, could get on. We could get on a whole other show. It's a great right? question, though. Part-time Not to dog a- anybody, but I mean, it's... No, but they've it, just it, got no business being in the business because they really don't know what they're doing, and they're doing you a disservice because they don't know the ins and outs, the quirks, the, the, the relationships that we have with other agents that are we're able to get things done at a different rate. Our relationships and everything that we forged is almost... Uh, you can't put a price on it. You can't put... You can't put a valuation on the connections and the contacts and the knowledge that we have. Just, I mean, think about one iota, one little, one little tiny iota tip that I might have that, and how many times have I saved you a ton of money? Okay. Well, you, you've, I mean, you probably figure you've, you've seen it all, right? 20 years or however many in the business. 28 years. You, you've kind of seen it all. I mean, there's, there's times where you got to get creative to make a deal work. And there's a way to do it, legally to do it. There might be some gray areas, and we'll work in those. Yeah. But I mean, a, a, an agent that does three transactions, five transactions a year, opposed to you doing two or 300, however many you do. 7,000 transactions in my career. So 7,000. Like, touch on... You've seen it all. I mean, I've seen it all. There's and hurdles I, and that you've had to jump through to get deals done. And the stories I hear that a new young agent, it's nothing against them. They're going to learn. And you got to be a first-time agent once sometime. Absolutely. But having a guy like you is 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 uh, worth his weight in gold, isn't it? I, I think it's it's even more it's even more than that. And when you take a look at some of the things that we do, you know, a normal agent will say, "Well, I don't do that." You know, we how many times have you know how many times have you seen me come out to a job site that you're on and sweep floors and let's get this garbage thrown out? Let's do what we got to do. People are like, "Well, I'm a real estate agent. I don't do that." Well, you do whatever you got to do to get the deal done and make your customer happy. At the end of the day, you're you're not only are you my friend and my business partner, but you're also my client. And you know, you deal with other agents and you see the difference between what I do and what other people do. But at the end of the day, the relationship that you forge with the people that you're, that you work with, they're the ones who bring you more business and, and let you, you know, and let you do what you do flipping properties. Cause as we know, as the economy has gotten better, it's harder to find the distressed properties. It's harder oh, to it's find. It's almost impossible right now. It, right. It's almost like at this point right now, let's just take our money, sit it in the bank, and let's sit there, wait for the deal. If it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But you are not one that sits there. You get antsy when that money's sitting in the bank, and you're like, I got to find something. So you put your feelers out there to people like me. What do you got? What's coming up? Where can I? What's my next well, deal? I, th- I think that's, you touch on a point I was going to bring up of, Realtors work with more than one investor. Absolutely. And investors work with more than one realtor, right? And that's that's the right way to do it. I, I don't believe either side should have all their eggs in one basket. You know, if you're the best realtor and you're going to bring me the most deals, then we're going to do the most business together um, and vice versa. So it, it, it works that way for the most part. But some people, you know, they like the service that I can bring to the table. Um, I have certain investors that only deal with me. But I also, you know, I... I cater to them. I, I do what I need to do. And you, then you get the guy that comes in and says, yeah, I want to start flipping houses. And he has no clue what's going on. That's kind of why we did, you know, wh- why we started this podcast, because we wanted to be able to help people to understand the ins and outs and the relationships that, you know, we have both built during this, me with investors, you with realtors, 
and both of us with contractors. Yeah. Because sometimes you're only as good as the people that are around you. Well, and I think that's one of the things that we hope we we bring to the show. Um, and I know that we're gonna incorporate throughout the weeks as we go forward. I mean, there's there's so many different facets of putting a house together. I mean, you just put one together. <laughs> Obviously, I put a lot of them together. We and, put them together across the yeah, street, across from, the street each from, other. from one another. We were neighbors there for a minute. <laughs> I had to sell mine and get away from my crazy neighbor Tony. But you know, um, from cabinet guys uh, to carpet floor. To countertops, whether it's granite, quartz, for Mike, etc., tile guy, roofing, foundation uh, repair guy, electrical plumbing, HVAC, a window guy, glass door, mirror guy, shower door guy, cement guy, uh, brush, shrub removal, junk removal, glass yeah, the block. trash guys. They're they're you know. the trash guys are 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 probably some of our our most important friends, knowing that you know. Sometimes it doesn't pay for us to get a dumpster and have laborers do that. The trash guys come in, come out, it's off the job. And at the end of the day, the timing or the, 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 lack of downtime for you because you know you've got something scheduled get somebody in there get them out and you're on the next day you know we're not into these projects like that yeah i mean i think that's one of the the best things we'll bring to our viewers is is good contacts for guys that are 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 high quality guys um and gals um that show up do the job you know ask for money when the job's done not paid in full before they do anything (laughs) i mean that's probably the biggest problem and question that i get from people is how do you deal with the contract? Where do you find contractors? Do you have this guy? Do you have a flooring guy? Do you have a granite guy? I mean, every every week I'm getting a message on Facebook or or a text. We, we get the same. We get the same thing as yeah, realtors. you do too. As a realtor, somebody absolutely. closes on a house, and I'm not I'm not talking about unnecessary a, a, a flip, but even a rental. So, you know, who do you got that can paint good? Who do you got that can you know do concrete work? Who's doing tile work? You know, hey, you got a drywall repair guy, and and people. I tell everybody, I says I must I should probably open up a referral service it could be called tony's list instead of angie's list because because of all the people that i know and usually i mean you can't guarantee everybody's work but for the most part the the way we get our we build our referrals is our personal they've done the work for us they've done a good job i can refer them out i don't make any money on them i like to be able to give them work and as long as they do good work it makes me look good as a realtor at the end of the day, sometimes it comes with a liability. Your guy was a jackass. He didn't do a good job. You know, it's like, oh, man. Oh, there's times where I wish I didn't refer people out. Oh, absolutely. You know? Well, you know what they say. No good deed goes unpunished. Absolutely. You I know? mean, it's, it's, it's the truth. But I think we got a good list of guys to come on and talk and educate people in certain areas and in certain facets of the renovation game, the real estate game. So I think that will be, uh, that, that'll be huge for people. I know we got some great people lined up that'll come on. and uh, We do. Know, I, think, I think the list of people that we can bring on to this show to help our listeners understand what it takes to do something and to do it right, not to do it half-assed because right. you know we all know when you do something half-assed, it always comes back to bite you. And you there's know? plenty of guys out there doing that. You know, oh, I mean, absolutely. I, I hope that's what we can do is help people realize the right way to, to renovate and sell a property or to fix and hold a, a rental property or to get their house ready for the market. I mean, we're going to touch on everything, not just the, the, the investment game, but anybody that wants to call in or, or comment, we'll, we'll answer all your questions about the, the, uh, the real estate investing game. If they have a house ready and they want to hire you to list it and put it on the market, uh, we can definitely let them know where to put those 
dollars. If they have five thousand dollars, do I put a new roof on? Do I re- replace my mechanicals? Um, do I put a new driveway in? Um, because that all that does is make their house sell quicker for more dollars and help you sell the property, right? Without question, I think, and it's also like when you and I go over one of one of your houses. Well, should I do this or should I do this? Or should do, should I put the windows in or should I do the tile floor or should I just paint it over and leave the windows and 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 we we go back to that same thing. What's the way to get the biggest buyer pool? The biggest buyer pool brings you the most attention. The most attention ends up giving you the most buyers. And then you can get go into that frenzy. You know, we just had a house the other day. We had 30 offers, 30 offers on one it's house. Crazy. The market's crazy. $20,000 over asking, appraisal contingencies waived, cash money. We don't care. We want the house. And it's not like we undervalued it. We priced it right. And we make sure that you know, it's, it's presentable. And when people get there, it looks good. I mean, it's, it's happening and it's happening every day. So, I mean, that's for the, for the most part, that's what we're seeing. You want to do some repairs, get it to get your biggest buyer pool. Tony, you know, we're going to get asked the question, Tony, of, of, of how do I find a property to flip, right? The new, the new flipper, the new investor, probably the question we'll get the most is where, and that I get myself is where do you find the properties? I mean, do you want to touch on that since it is getting so hard, you know, to find them? Well, a lot of that stuff is going back to the relationships that you forged with a bankruptcy trustee, with a probate uh, attorney, with a judge, with government officials, with just people in your sphere of influence and everybody that you know. Somebody's aunt passed away. They've got a house they got to get rid of. Do they really want to do the repairs or do they want to just get rid of it and let somebody do it, doll it up really nice so you can get a homeowner that's going to come in and love and cherish it? There's a lot of sentiment in these houses. Yeah, part part of what I tell people is just let people know, is, 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 is as simple as it sounds, let people know you're in the game. Like put the word out to friends yes. and family and realtors and you got to start building and creating your own network. I've been, I've been flipping over 120 homes for seven years now and my best deals have been over the last year. Every year they've gotten better and better. As even it, though, as it even should. though you thought they were going to disappear because you were, you were scared. I don't know what to do. I remember last year you're like, I, I, I got to buy some houses. I can't find any houses. Then all of a sudden. Comes two, in waves. Two like months later, else. you got six, seven houses, and you're working on all these at one time. Isn't that real estate, though? I mean, in your business, yeah. I mean, you have a flurry of listings or buyers, and that kind of lulls out. And you say, "Oh man, we're a little slow for a couple it's weeks." Time to take a, a vacation. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You and vacation. I don't <laughs> yeah, think so. Yeah. <laughs> you need to take a break sometime, buddy. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Yeah. I got a problem. I got a house hoarding problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a hoarder. One, buy. He's buying houses. I mean, if I see a margin and I can make X amount of money. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to find a way. Absolutely. And, and, and that's something else we'll touch on, too, throughout the weeks of the show is funding. How do you get funding? Tapping into equity. We'll bring some We'll bring some lenders on, on that some show. Lenders on. Yes. So maybe some private private lenders um, is, is another way. You might pay a little stiff interest. But, again, that's just looking at the return on your investment, right? Your ROI, as they call it, or your, you know, your cap rate. And, and we'll get in and we'll touch on those things because I'm sure a lot of questions we'll get is, you know, how do you figure out whether it's a good investment? And to me, that's something that each individual has to answer of what their time's worth, what their energy's worth, and what their money's worth. You know, I know that I like to make a 25 to 30% minimum on an investment after all cost. That to me, that's good, right? But to somebody else, if they made 10% on a $100,000 investment, they, they, they might be okay with that. Well, if they're going to do the work, they should pay themselves for the work. You started off doing sweat equity and doing work yourself. Now you're hands off. You hire your contractors. Everybody does what they need to do. And then you're okay. But if somebody's going to come in and do the work, don't discount your labor for 
to say you made more money. You worked for that money where you come into the table. Now you hire everybody out. And since everybody's hired, uh, it works out well for you. You don't have to, you don't have to get dirty, especially when you're managing multiple projects. And I get it. You're going to Home Depot or you're going to Lowe's yeah. or, you're, or you're going to a supply house and, and getting what you need to do. You're, you're keeping control of costs. But when it's all said and done, it's a real simple factor here. If you're going to do the work, you got to get paid. Even though you may not have the money in your hand, it's called sweat equity. Right. And that's how you build up a portfolio with simple, like, I'm, instead of paying somebody to trash the house out, I'll trash the Do house yourself. out myself. Save 500 bucks. Right. You save $500. Now, that money that you saved, all it's doing is going to build up your equity. And after, at the end of the year, let's say you flip two houses, two houses at 100 grand a piece, 20%, all of a sudden you got 40 grand in equity. And then maybe you won't have to borrow as much from the guy that you borrowed from. Maybe by the end of two years, you're paying cash for houses instead of financing houses. So you're cutting that middleman out of the interest. Or you can do another project. You can do three instead of two. Correct. I mean, and more- that's going to take time because even you know, when you were doing one, it was difficult. And then when you went to two, it was difficult. Oh, one deal depended on the next. One had to close. I had one more lined up and those were some sleepless nights. I mean, if that deal fell apart and, and restarted the process in another 30 to 45 days, that 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 could wipe out another whole another deal Absolutely. to make you another could, twenty yes. or thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, you got to be prepared. I think preparation. And- but I think you said to it, if you if you want to get into this game, you better be ready to put some sweat equity into it. If you're if, you, if your first flip, and I had a buddy that did this, and he hired he wanted just to hire everything out. I, I know more than one guy that just wanted to buy the property. They watch the shows. We call this guy, that guy, that guy. It's super simple, and we're going to make you know twenty thousand dollars. It doesn't happen like that. And, and I think the best thing for people that are getting into the investment real estate flipping game is to do the work themselves, what they can do, and be on site talking to their contractors that are skilled guys, that are licensed guys that know code. Because I'm not a licensed builder, but I probably know just as much as a lot of them because I've, I've asked questions. You know, uh, when do you need a glazed window? How, how high do hand railings need to be? Um, your rise run on your treads on front porch steps. I mean, because... A lot of the same things keep coming up on every property. I mean, we're not reinventing the wheel. I mean, if it's a house that we're flipping, you've probably got, you know, 50 things that need to be addressed. And it sounds like a lot, but, you know, gutter extensions out from the downspout. Um, I mean, you know, cracks in the driveway. I mean, just simple things. But you learn so much by being there. And talking to people and, and, and asking questions. I know you do the same. We do it every time we go on a home inspection. Um, and, you know, we have certain home inspectors that we work with. And one of them, uh, it's almost like you could hear me speaking his words. It, it was almost like I was trained by him. We've well, heard it how many times? You should. Thousands of times. And you probably I mean, save your buyers a ton of money by not even letting them put an offer on certain homes, right? We'll get into that. We'll bring a, a home, we'll bring a home inspector yeah. on to educate our buyers and our sellers. But, I mean, that's where a good realtor, uh, an experienced realtor comes into play. Even for me is I get so many realtors that bring me deals, and the numbers just aren't even close to working. And that's right. fine. Like, keep bringing them to me because I love and appreciate it, and, and one out of ten usually works. But, I mean, it saves a ton of time when you have an experienced realtor that knows the investment game that can vet a lot of these projects before they even bring them to you. Well, I like to say no more than I like to say yes, because at the end of the day, my name has to go on whatever whatever, whatever the heck we put on, you know, with, with uh, like, let's say, like, that, not you per se, because you pretty much know, but somebody that's not as seasoned, they'll be able to take a look at something and they'll say, we want this house, we want this house. And I'm the first guy that says, I'm not selling you this house. There's no way, because you're going to be buried into it. You're not going to make any money. And then who are you going to hate? The damn realtor who sold you the house. Well, well, and I tell the realtors that I work with that, 
if I buy the house, I, I say no to a lot of properties. Like you said, yeah. like saying no more. I right. say no to a lot. You know me, probably one out of 10. You you probably say no more than you say yes. Well, without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. But I tell everybody when I get that one property, we're all going to be happy. Yes. I'm going to be happy because I'm not stressed out, maybe breaking even, making five grand on a $200,000 investment. I'll be happy. The realtor is going to be happy because I'm going to do the I'm going to do the renovation justice and do the property right and make it an easy sell for the realtor on the back end. Speaking of the easy sell on the back end, here goes my ADHD again. When you f- flip a property, it's funny. It's it, and I know it's not just you, and I know it's the economy. But you don't keep a house on the market for long. They're done that well. Well, you could touch on. Buyers right now want houses that, that are 100%. They want them 100% rehabbed. I mean, they want to be able to bring their furniture in, maybe go buy new furniture, hang a TV on the wall if there's not already one in my house. Right. They don't even want to put carpet in. They no. want it done. They want it done. Right. 100%. They mm-hmm. want to know how much their payment is, and they, and they want to move in the house. It's the old $99 down, $99 a month trick. It's all they want. What's my payment? Can I afford to live here? And, w- and as long as I don't have to do nothing, I can move my stuff right in. I'm ready to go. And that's what they want. And that's what I think you bring to the table as far as you know, the retail community, your end, your end buyer. And then people are like, okay, well, how do you make money? You make money when you sell it. No, you don't. You make money on the buy. Because if you buy wrong, I mean, you've been tricked into a lot of properties, like the one property with the... Uh, uh, the, the garage falling in, then you'd have to jack it up. Yeah. And that cost was a surprise cost. Yeah. You know, there's so many times you open up a wall and you find, you know, rotted wood or something. You got to go back in and fix that. How do you do it? That's where I, the buying process is the most important. Part, sure. Part. Because as, as hard as you look at a property or as, or as hard as I look at a property and inspect it, I mean, between the both of us, we can pretty much do a full home inspection. We know we're going to redo everything on a house when when we flip it and renovate Correct. it, anyways, right? I mean, my renovations lately have been full renovations. I don't save a I don't save a switch. I don't nothing. save a cover plate. I don't save a piece of molding. <laughs> I mean, everything really. We take it down and just re, redo to it. Nothing. It's almost right. cheaper in a sense to do that than trying to like caulk in and repaint trim that's been caulked over and painted and sanded. You know, since nineteen sixty, you know, seventeen <laughs> times. I mean, just rip it off for sixty seven cents a, a linear foot and replace it, right? Um, and hopefully by the time we're done with this, you guys will all understand where Kevin's getting at with these prices. He knows them in his head. And if you've done it so many times, you know who's got the trim, you know who's got it, you know what it's going to cost to install it. So you know at the end of the day, I'm ripping all that out. Because somebody comes in and looks at a house and, and sees trim, it's there, even though you look at it differently. It's got too much paint on it. There's too much goop on it. We're all over the place. This just doesn't work. Yeah, and, and at the end of the day, to circle back to what you're, I know we, me and you both, I, off, both we, we both got off on a tangent. I'm sitting here trying to, I'm trying to think about what the hell we were talking about, <laughs> but what we're talking about, uh, you know, we can only see so much. Me and you can walk through a home. We can pretty much do an inspection, but you have to buy the property right. And buying it right is, is to where you have that margin for the what ifs, because we can't go and tear apart walls and see what the wiring looks like no. behind it. We can't tear apart the walls and see whether the insulation is sufficient or not. We can guess, you know, um, so you have to buy it with that margin, knowing the worst case scenario is even if I have to do an extra five or 10,000 worth of work on top of my budget, then I'm still going to make my 20 to 30% right. return or 25% return or whatever your number is. Yeah. It's so like that's why said. they call it the visual, the, the limited visual inspection as the inspectors would call it because there's certain things I can't see, right? You can't see, I mean, you can't go in and tear apart it. You know, somebody's existing home. Can't check an air conditioner in the middle of winter. Exactly. You, <laughs> you know, know, you can guess, you can look at you it. Can guess, like yeah. you said, visually inspect and kind of guess. And what do they call it? An educated guess, guesstimate. But, um, so yeah, I mean, the, like, like you said, buying the property on the front end, buying it right, 
not re I call it reaching. Don't reach for a property just because you have money sitting there and you got a money guy saying, Hey, let's do a property together. Go find us one. When you start reaching, it never turns out good. Correct. You overpay for it. You kind of mess up the game for all the investors that know what they're doing and know if a property should be bought at 75,000 and you're paying 90 for it. You're kind of screwed up the game. You're eating so much of the margin. Then that, you didn't make any money. And you didn't so make any money. So now you worked all this time for nothing. And I'm, I'm hoping that that's what we can keep people from doing, uh, overpaying. Uh, it's all about everyone. Everyone needs to make money. The realtors need to make money. You know how I said that first. The investors need to make money. The, the buyer's got to be able to buy a house at a fair price and make sure that everything's the way it is. And all your contractors got to get paid fairly. Yeah. If everybody, if everybody makes money, uh, you know, we know the old theory, how money spends 25 times, you know, one house flip really supports a lot of people. So you know, it's done right. Yeah. I mean, think about it. You, you've flipped 120 houses. What's your average sale cost? 150,000. Yeah, at least not probably with this market. Yeah, 150 yeah. to 200, 250. Do yeah. the math. <laughs> yeah, do the math. That's a lot of jobs. Isn't it about creating a team though? Of people from the title to title people to the 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 back office like you have with with your ladies there who are phenomenal. Absolutely, um, everybody. You guys in the office, um, you know, to to the home inspector, um, to whoever's taking the pictures, the photographer. I mean, we kind of put together a whole team of people to be able to get this from from the initial inception of buying it through the renovation to the after repair. And putting it on the market. Yeah, I think I think that's really a huge key. And I've built my team has been going. It's this is my 18th year with my team, and my girls have been with me the majority of the time. Uh, and they listen. They keep me in check because somebody's got to keep me in check. Uh, and, and I can find the deals, but you know, at the end of the day, you got to keep that stability in there where these these people are doing what they need to do. And I think we've done that in somewhat of a decent way. And once again, let me go out and do what I do, build the relationships. As long as I can back up what I say I can do, same with you. As long as you can back up with what you say you can do. And I think, you know, the the money is in in the finished product when we're done. Here it is and this is where we've gotten to. Yeah. I mean that team, you know, plays a role in in, in what we're gonna do for people is kind of Help them through that that acquisition process. Try to identify the property and make and, them feel comfortable and what, about and it and what too. they should buy it at. Yeah. Getting through the renovation of the project is the next step, right? Yep. I mean, it's you got to muddle through it. You got there's going to be. Bump. I mean, listen, if you think that it's going to go super smooth, it's not like new builds. I mean, we can touch on new builds in that part of real estate investing, but that's kind of a whole other ball game. That goes in certain steps and one step after another. Right. You know, it's kind of nice and clean. But with the renovation, it's I tell everybody it's organized chaos. Guys tripping over each other. Things done out of order. Possible because some guy's available now and not next week and it'll hold the project up. So we're, what we're going to do is try to help get people through the renovation process because it's not easy. And I'll tell everybody right now, there's no perfect way to do it. Every investor is going to have their own little system, their own little machine, their own process and way of doing it. But we'll impart our way of, of, of that I do it. And um, and then once it's, once it's fixed and it's repaired, how do you figure out your after repair value and how do you market it and how do you get that thing sold like you said the first day or first week in this market? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know what? I've walked in a lot of rehabs and I know you don't let me walk in any of yours. You're not allowed in mine anymore. You, try, <laughs> you spend too much of my money. You tell me I got to replace everything. I mean, if you had it your way, you'd, go, you'd gold plate the toilets. You know, you'd, you'd add addition on every house. You spent 300 grand, I'd make no money, but that's okay. <laughs> I say that just joking. I, I mean, like to You spend have a good money. eye. You have a good eye. It's good for you to come through. I've looked at the project for six to eight weeks. 
12 weeks maybe. I'm sick of looking. I might miss something. So it's always right. good for a realtor like you with the eye that you have to be able to come in and kind of take a look I at it. I guess I don't have the blinders on. You know, oh, it's different. So if I look at it every day, I'd probably see it in a different way. So it's nice that I come in at the end. And you, you have say, no clue where the budget is. So have no clue. <laughs> well, and, and that, well, I think that's even better because then this way you put reality onto it. All right. We can't do this, but we can do this. You know, what's going to, what's going to bring the most bang for the buck? Let's make sure this is fixed over this. And I'm not using certain terms because we don't know what what those different items i are are and normally like i said when you're doing a rehab kitchens are already always done bathrooms are always done uh basements could be differently we're going to finish this or not finish that or we're going to put a roof on it or maybe you know we can get away without a roof i mean that's the whole subjective the subjective part of it that every investor and again will help them kind of make those decisions but at the end of the day they gotta decide whether you know is five or ten years left on the roof of that life uh acceptable or not are they going to put one on do they think do they think if they put three thousand in a new roof are they going to get five or seven back or at least that three thousand back and a quicker sale um we can't you know we can't make you just you that that and that goes back to my point that i was talking about previously bring the bigger buyer pool to the table sometimes the money you put you're just going to recoup that money but you bring 10 extra buyers to the table sure you know, some guys won't do it though. They're just cheap, right? I mean, you run into it. You work with a lot of investors. I'm not the, the only time. one. No, I mean, we we've we've got deals where okay, the house doesn't have a garage. Okay, well, what do we do? Do we put a garage on it or not? Well, if we spend fifteen grand on a garage, we could probably get twenty grand more out of the house. Is it worth it for that extra five grand to do that, or should we just take the lower amount of money without the garage? Sometimes people don't have the time. Sometimes people don't have the resources. Time of year might play into that. Imagine, though, having a house without a garage. How many people want a house without a garage? Your buyer pool significantly shrinks. That's like being on a major mile road. It's like not having a basement, right? I mean, they all corner lot. Corner lot, not corner lot. You've done houses on major mile roads. Yeah. You bought them, and, and you know, you always keep your end price lower, but we've been surprised. I mean, the numbers that you've been getting for your houses, I mean, they're practically setting records. Yeah, they are. I mean, I, square foot. every time. Every time you tell me I'm going to ask this and I look and I'm like, what are you nuts? And then you get it. And I'm like, that ain't going to praise. And then you get appraised. Yeah. So you're doing the same thing, but you're doing it at such a high level. These other people that are doing it, I think they come in and they f- try to follow and it well, just- it's, a, it's a bit of an evolution though. And it comes down to sharpening your pencil with your contractors um, and buying the property like we talked about right on the front end to have that extra five or 10 to put into it. I'm probably putting five or 10 extra thousand in these houses right now. Now, if this was four or five years ago, I don't know. Maybe I don't think I was doing it, to be honest with you. It's a bit of an evolution. You weren't. I've seen you evolve over the last eight years. But Uh, the values have also gone up to a point where I'm getting that. If I put a dollar in, I'm getting at least that dollar out, if not a dollar 50 back out on the back end. That's true. That's true. And the market's different in different states. Real estate's volatile. We don't know what next year's going to do. We don't know what next month's going to do. And all these predictions, who knows? Speaking of predictions, uh, the economy. Yeah, I mean, not to not to change like, but this is something that's really important to what we do with interest rates going up right now. And when we bring a mortgage guy on, he'll be able to explain that. But with interest rates going up right now, how is that affecting you as far as your return on your investment or you being able to resell the property later on? Well, right now, interest rates, I still are at an acceptable point, I think. Um, so and, and it's 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 buying time and buying selling time. I mean, it's it's summer, so right now I haven't had an issue moving properties. But as if those, you know, if the feds, you know, hike the rate up another, you know, half a half a point or point, and we get up to that five and a half six. I mean, you've seen it. You you've seen it over twenty years, right? I mean, you get when up I past bought that. my fir- when I bought my first house, my interest rate was sixteen percent. Yeah, well. <laughs> didn't think twice about it. I bought the house. That was it, and it worked. Yeah, but to answer your question, people are still. You know, lend. You know, banks are banks are lending. Everybody's lending. Mm-hmm. People are mortgageable. Everybody that exited at, back in two thousand seven, eight, nine 
We're seven years past that. We're 2018. Correct. So you had a huge, huge millions of people that left the home ownership, uh, mortgage, buying pool, whatever you want to call it, home ownership. They're, they've, they're, they've all in the last two to three years have come back in. And that's why we're seeing, in my opinion, what we're seeing. The, the, the inventory is so low. The demand is so high. Interest rates are still acceptable. I read you know? somewhere yesterday they were talking about the population, the population growth that's what's spurring this boom. I don't. I don't think so. I don't know. The population's been rising for how many? Years? I mean, I <laughs> yeah. don't know. I'm not. A, yeah. I'm not educated I'm not in that. We're talking yeah. blue collar. We just work for a living, you guys. But I. But I think it's safe to say that the 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 population's grown uh, steadily over the last. I don't know. Let's call it hundred years. Yeah, but I don't. Th- I don't see the mega mansions coming back at at the pace that they were before right. the, the monster houses. People people are living a lot simpler in smaller houses. Uh, so the the economy with the booming spurred. Well, up. look at the tiny house moving. We can do a whole show on that. Oh my God. I mean, if you can live in three square feet i probably could i don't know you couldn't you like your nice big fancy houses i'm downsizing my friend <laughs> <laughs> yeah i saw you downsizing up to the five thousand square foot house on the lake that you were looking at wanted to put we looked at it on. we looked at it yeah. but the, the but at the same time the price wasn't right we thought we could make a deal and make it work right and we'd have a nice piece of property but now that the the tax just ch- have changed uh trump's now uh, the new uh, property tax, you're allowed to write up only $10,000 worth of property taxes, everything else that you're not getting ready to write that off. And then as far as mortgages, you're only allowed to write off the first half a million dollars, or actually $750,000. So if you're getting a mortgage for over $750,000, you could only write $750,000 of that mortgage off. So, I mean, I know we're talking some huge numbers yeah. for the majority of people, but I mean, for I mean, our listeners in California right now or Arizona, I mean, people buy million dollar homes all the time. You're not allowed to write all that off and you're not allowed to write all those taxes off. So in a way, the people that make more money are are penalized by not being able to write that off. So yeah. if people think it's unequal or what have you, it, it really doesn't work At out. At the end way. of the day, you stayed disciplined. You didn't think it was the best, you know, long-term investment to buy the house on the lake. So you right. stayed where you're at mm-hmm. and maybe sell that when it downsized. That's what we're going to do. We're going to sell that one, downsize, and get something smaller, which it's not necessary. This way, you don't have to keep up that pace of, of where you're at. I mean, it's it's nice living in a larger home, and there are its benefits, but there are also downfall, the upkeep, the maintenance. And how about every time you want to leave town and go on vacation somewhere, you can't go anywhere because you got this or you got to do that, and you got this big house to maintain. I'm going to leave it empty for the winter time or, or whatever, because that's the ultimate goal for me to get the hell out of here yeah. and get down to Florida. I'm going to go south. <laughs> You know, yeah. So, what else you got today? Well, the only other thing I can think of is, um, you know, just buying and holding versus 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 a fix and flip. You know, I mean, we'll touch on that in an episode of of whether you know when I buy a property, it's identified already as either a rental that I'm gonna stick in my portfolio, a buy and hold, or it's gonna be a fix and flip, well, renovate let, let, and sell. Let's go into that real quick. We got a little bit of time here, Jessica. Yeah. All right, let's let, let's go into that one real quick. You're a police officer. Yeah. Okay. You're out on disability right now because of issues with your uh, I had some a ton of surgeries. surgeries. I'll be right? going back. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason you got into this because you thought you were going to be laid off. Correct. So now you're not laid off, but you are off of work, and you'd be in real big trouble if you didn't build this rental portfolio that you started eight years ago. Well, yeah. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but that that all comes down to that passive income, as we call it. You know. Yeah, because before you before you open the door to your office. You got checks already in the mail at the beginning of the month. Yeah, you know? I mean it's nice as long as you put good tenants in there. I mean, and then we'll we'll get we'll touch on that. We too. make and, it sound really and, easy. Yeah, with we make the it tenants, sound easy, we? but I mean we'll we'll touch on that. How to find and vet you know good tenants. I mean, listen, if you have a property and the tenant for for the most part leaves you alone and pays rent every month, 
besides a few minor repairs, it's a no-brainer, you know? Give yes. me 20 of them. Give me 100 of them. Yeah. You know? I got one. Yeah. <laughs> and how's well, it working out? I, I got, how's it working out? This one now is finally, but after eight years, I've had nothing but problems with people coming in and out, but I've never given up. And now I got a great tenant, you know, and again, a great return on my investment, almost a 30% return on my investment. So now it's working out okay, but I'm just not the landlord like you are. Yeah. You know, I have a commercial property that I that I lease out, which works out really well. It's almost like having six or seven homes. Yeah. You have a, a nice portfolio of homes. But I tell everybody to either own zero or try to get to 10 or 20 and create a team in, in, in a so you don't create have to a do business of yes. it. I don't look at my my houses or my rental properties as just rental properties. And if the hot water tank goes and it costs me seven hundred dollars to replace it, most people would sit there and cry about it and call that a loss. And I just lost money. You didn't lose money. It was a business expense. Correct. If the other nineteen properties didn't have any major repairs, and you had money fifty seventy five hundred dollars set aside on each property of that per month, you're still you're still in the black. You're still okay. You know? It's cost averaging is all it yeah, is. It's like buying got, in the stock market. You buy low, you sell high, you got it. or you, you'll never find the bottom. You'll never find the top. So as long as you get around wherever you get, I think you, I think you do well. So if you have an expense on this one, but you have four more that had no expenses, you still made out. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I just tell people, it's again, it's my own opinion, is to, to have a plan to build up to, 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 to continue to add properties to the portfolio, whether it's one a year or one every two years. You'll be sitting there 10, 20 years from now with a nice little portfolio and the passive income, like you said, coming in. If you want to retire, you got 20 rent checks coming in. Imagine $20,000 a month coming in. And even if you have to spend 5000 a month in expenses, you still got $15,000 a month coming in when you're collecting Social Security or retired or give it to a management company to manage for you. Yeah, and at the end of the day, some people just aren't cut out to be landlords. That's correct. I mean, let's face it. Anything we talk about in this show moving forward, you know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna give our advice. We're going to give our opinion. We're going to answer questions. We're going to try to help out as much as we can. But there's certain things that just aren't for certain people. If you don't have the right temperament, if emotionally you're not tough, mentally you're not <laughs> tough. I mean, really, I'd say, That's stay, the truth. I'd say stay out of the real estate game. I mean, it's right. not easy. I mean, I'll... I'll you know, hopefully have time on future shows to tell stories about some of the hurdles I've had to go through. I mean, just the other day, I've got an issue. I made 13 phone calls in an hour trying to resolve an issue of trying to find a sewer line that is almost unlocatable. Now, there's there's reasons for it, and I'll, I'll get it figured out. But my point is, is that if you're the type of person that's going to throw your hands in the air and cry about it at night and quit, yeah. and this is just me maybe being a little too direct, then you probably shouldn't get in the game. It, it is not easy. You can make a lot of money at it if you're good at it. If you surround yourself with good people and create a good network of uh, and a good team of people, but you got to be able to muddle through. I mean, like Winston Churchill said, if you're going through hell, keep going. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, don't stop. Don't, otherwise, don't you're going to stay in there. You yes, know, don't quit. Yes, keep going. Absolutely. You know, if you're afraid, do it afraid. If you're scared, do it scared. If you're yeah. upset, it's okay. Do it but upset. But just do it. But keep going and get it done. Yeah. And, you know, again, I think that's one of the biggest part about it is just being mentally, emotionally tough. Absolutely. You know? And, um, you know, if you can get through a full renovation on a house like like you guys just did. We did. You, got, you, got to get, you get done with it. And you kind of feel like you could do anything, don't you? I mean, if we got through that and dealt with all that, the money, the contractors, the city, everything. My wife that's a lot had to get no idea regarding anything in a rehab. So Thought it was every, easy. Every and, and when we got done with it, she's like, it wasn't bad. I mean, she was scraping nails off the floor. She was insulating the house herself. She was She's a tough she's she's a tough girl. She's a tough girl, right. But guess what? Hi, Andrea. She, hi. Hi, Andrea. Hi, Dave. How are you? Uh but at the end of the day, 
she learned it. And it's funny because now it makes her a better realtor knowing what she can tell her clients. And she's found you how many houses. Yeah. You know, now she knows what you go through every time and the headaches. And I mean, it took us 120 days to do a complete rehab, top to bottom, no stud, gutted to the studs. You learn the numbers too. Not only do you learn the pitfalls or what to watch out for. But you also learn the numbers. Yeah, she's got to keep me away because I'm way over budget, man. I just like spending money. You like money. spending money. I love spending money. I don't know what it is. It's just crazy. <laughs> but at the end of the day. I always got to hear about Tony. You know, man, I don't know where all my money's going. I don't know where all my money's going. The guy makes a lot of money and never has it. I mean, you you're asset heavy. We've talked about it. Yeah, you're we are. Asset we're heavy. asset heavy. But I think yeah. I think at the end of the day, when the assets appreciate, you do well. And then it's time to get in and out. You can't fall in love with a property. You've got to just. Do something and do what you do and make your decision whether you're going to keep it, rent it, and, and is a source of income, or you're going to flip it, take the money, reinvest it. But always, once again, take the money and reinvest it. Yeah, which and we'll, is we'll talk thing. about, we'll try to help people identify whether a property they can, you know, either call in when, when we're, when we have that capability or, or comment on our page and we'll answer. They can run scenarios by us, whether I should buy and hold this. Is it a good rental or, you know, Hey, here's the numbers. I'm thinking of fixing and flipping it. And, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll give our advice and, uh, we'll let them know our opinion on whether, you know, yeah, right we, on our Facebook page, there's a send of, send us a message tab. Uh, click on that, leave us a message. We'll follow up with you quickly. And then in our future uh, episodes, or uh, we're going to have uh, a telephone number. You'll be able to call in and talk to us and ask us some questions live. And we're going to have, like Kevin said, we're going to have some special guests on here. So uh, I think it's going to be really fun. I think you guys will get something out of it. And hopefully we can turn a couple of you guys into millionaires or, or at least yeah, start. It's possible. Absolutely. And one of the quickest ways to... Uh Gain, uh, net, increase your net worth and, and create cash flows, you know, becoming a real estate investor. So I think we're going to wrap up the show with that. If anybody out there has a house they want to sell for cash quick, go to my Facebook page, cash the number four, your house now, or www.cash the number four, your house now.com. And likewise, if you've got a property that you want to list for sale or you have one identified that you want to buy, go ahead and give Tony a call at 586 773 4400. Or go to our Facebook page, theraffinteam.com, or no, the Raffin Team on Facebook, excuse me, or our website, talktotony.com. Thanks for tuning in, you guys, and we look forward to our future episodes and working out something good for everybody on this one, I think. Really That's good. Right. We'll Thank figure you. Figure it out. Take care. You've been listening to Fix It and Flip It with Tony Raffin and Kevin McClellan. Be sure to stop by our Facebook page, like it, and follow. And come back again next week so you can arm yourselves with the tools and strategies to become a successful real estate entrepreneur. This is Fix It and Flip It. <laughs>